0: I just wanted to make sure that anybody felt comfortable to walk into our salon and anybody felt comfortable that they were able to get their hair done in our space. Welcome to
1: Stylist Talk, I'm Lauren McNamee from Blush Girl Salon and today I'm here with Lauren Cooper, the co-owner with her partner Matthew who opened Etcher Salon one year ago. It's very clear that this was meant to be. Even though it was the start of a global pandemic, the stars aligned and things fell into place. In just one year, her team has grown to 12. They have been able to hold industry events and do forward thinking things like holding mental health workshops. Lauren and Matthew could see that this industry needed something different. They knew that it had to be special. They knew it had to be Etcher. Lauren holds herself so beautifully she is smart open-minded and oh so humble about what she has achieved. I love her mindset around learning even as a leader and their goal to celebrate individuality, have gender-neutral pricing and run a sustainable salon is inspiring. Congratulations on what you have created looking forward to seeing this grow and collaborating with you in the future. Please enjoy Stylus Talk. So, obviously, Lauren, you are the co-owner with your partner, Matthew. Yes. And you have just got through your first year. We have, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Congratulations. Um, My first question I wanted to start with was, I think... You know, from the outside, looking in, a lot of people probably seen you pop up and just explode, which mm. you have. Like, you've opened Etcher and it's just been massive. It's gone nuts. A whirlwind. It, yeah, which is amazing. But I know that there's obviously been a really big, um, you know, lead up to that with your, you know, industry experience and your journey and all the steps. Mm-hmm. Building up to being able to open a salon that, you know, has such a big impact. Mm. So, I would love to hear... If you can just sort of sum up your, you know, story from when you started, like apprenticeship, to here, yeah,
0: amazing. <laughs> All right, so we got like half the yeah, day. Yeah, I like, know. How long I do you know. need? <laughs> I um, know. So yeah, it's it's so funny that you say that because obviously there is a lot of um, time and a lot of things that go into it before opening up a salon. So. Um, this year will be my fourteenth year in the industry. Yeah. Um, so I finished year twelve back in two thousand and seven, and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I finished school. Literally finished on the day, and I was like, right, now what? Really? Didn't didn't really know if I wanted to go to uni. Didn't know what I wanted to do at all. Um, I had a really big focus and like um, passion for. Uh, The fashion industry wanted to do something creative and so just started kind of going down that track to see what would be available and kind of you know what options there would be and I guess a lot of the work that you do in the fashion industry is all freelance work and it's really difficult to have like a week on you know paycheck and um, make sure that you have work coming in so I just sort of went through the different career paths and found hairdressing and I thought okay well maybe this could be a you know avenue that could have a 38-hour week that has a steady paycheck at the end of every week you can also do exciting you know creative things so fashion shows photo shoots that type of thing and yeah so just started looking for an apprenticeship And was lucky enough to um, get an apprenticeship at ClipJoint, which is a massive um, institution in Adelaide. So that was pretty amazing. And it wasn't until I really started working there, I did my trials and sort of um, was offered the job and started. And I think it was a couple of months later, I kind of went, oh my God, right, okay, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like that's when it really kind of sunk in that hair was definitely... The world, like the path um, for me and where I was supposed to go. So, yeah, worked at ClipJoin um, and did my apprenticeship there and had um, incredible training, really, really amazing mentors um, along the way there, so super grateful for that. And after I finished my apprenticeship and um, was there for a few months after that, decided that it was time to take my next step in my career, so I really wanted to focus on doing more... Editorial work, photo shoots, runway shows, that type of thing. So that led me to get a job at Parlour Hair, so Parlour at Unley, where I worked under Jason Fassbender, who is really incredible in the editorial world. That's his passion. That's where his expertise lies. So it was amazing working under him. And I worked at Parlour for five years and did a lot of work with them. So did a lot of work doing fashion weeks with GHD started doing education um, and doing a lot of presentation work with them which I really really loved and was I was still kind of on that journey of wanting to do editorial work and wanting to do the fashion stuff and I think over the five years that I was there that slowly sort of dropped off the love for that and I started to really embrace education and yeah. really kind of flourished with that so I started teaching in the parlour academy as well yeah, yeah that's and so, so cool. yeah that's where the that's yeah. where education really came in and I yeah. just fell in love with that mm. so much so yeah. spent a wonderful 5 years there and then it was just time for that next evolution as yeah. well you know I think you understand where you get to that point where You've sort of learnt as much and have, and have sort of grown as much as you can in a space mm-hmm. and then realize that it's time for you to take your next step. Like, it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. No, it can just be it's, it's, a personal yeah. evolution. Yeah. And then moved on to Mr Morris where yeah. I worked for three years. So yeah. absolutely loved it there. The team was incredible, such a great bunch of girls and I learnt so much from them all and had such a great time. Then it got to that three year point where I had been in the, the industry for twelve years at that stage. And again it was kind of that point of like, you know, what else is You're there that I could pulled. be doing? And it just was a really organic process mm. walking down the line of like looking to open up a salon and the rest is history. Yeah. So yeah. There was a lot of history beforehand. But yeah, then I know here we so are. Many,
1: And and you've worked like there's some, you know, really amazing salons and brands mm. that you've worked for absolutely yeah, absolutely
0: so I feel very um, grateful and really blessed that I've had some of the best education yeah, I feel like the and education. best training in Adelaide with those salons that you know are such big names in our industry here so very very grateful for that and I think that's really helped to set up where I am as a stylist mm. today is yeah. because I have had that education given to me so yeah. and yeah. you've
1: seen how those bigger sort of businesses work as well I think yeah definitely yeah Um, yeah it's really cool so you've been here for a year now um I wanted to hear a little bit about obviously finding this amazing space because it's like yeah it's just so beautiful I I love it so much you've done an amazing job thank you so much um, thank you yeah I'd love to hear about finding this space Mm -hmm. and uh putting everything together choosing all the interiors and yeah, yeah that that process
0: so it was it was really interesting because the entire time throughout my career I have never ever wanted to own a salon. Like me too. I remember <laughs> I vividly remember people asking me that back when I was an apprentice and saying, Oh, would you love to open up your own salon one day? And I'm like, Oh my god, no way. Like I don't want to work weekends, I don't wanna, you know, have to do extra work after hours <laughs> and look here I am doing like seventy odd oh, hour oh, weeks. No. So it's just funny how the world works.
1: It is. It's like some things are just meant to be. Yeah, and absolutely. you don't even know. Absolutely. You don't know back back then. Like, I was the same. I yeah. used to say the same. Like I'm never opening a salon. Yeah.
0: So and yeah, here we are. It's so interesting. Here we are. Isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was probably Matthew who was the driving force. We've always been very um, career focused people. Mm. So Matt was in a indie rock band for oh gosh 10 years or something and they toured the world and did amazing stuff so so he um yeah has has that background and then also was a uh, manager in a manufacturing company as well working you know 50 odd hour weeks and um we we've both always taken a lot of pride in our careers and and sort of what we were we were doing and it sort of got to the point where he sort of started saying like you know we should do something for ourselves we should open a business of some sort mm. and and do something for ourselves and it was a really interesting kind of process because he he's always the visionary in these types of things and he looks at the big picture whereas I look at the the detail and the smaller picture mm-hmm. so he's always looking you know five years ahead of me and I'm just trying to play catch up and so he started sort of talking about like maybe we should open up a salon because he has a background in management came from um, manufacturing management and had a team of 20 tradesmen that he was looking after doing all the you know ordering rostering invoicing all of those types of things so he had the coordination and the management side and then obviously I came with the education and the hair side so he sort of planted the seed and we started talking about what options that we had and how could we do this and what it would look like, what it would mean. Then we started looking for spaces and I think right from the beginning we had the idea of what we wanted to create was going to be something that was quite different. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that it was something that sort of um, stood out and we had different values to um, you know, maybe other spaces and we started looking for large warehouse spaces and that type of thing. The reason why we wanted such a big space was to be able to bring the community together, be able to host events here and share our space with other people. That was really the reason why we wanted such a big space was because we wanted to be able to do more than just have clients come in on a day-to-day basis we wanted to be able to bring the hair community together to be able to learn off of each other mm-hmm. so um, and you've already
1: been able to do that quite yeah, a bit in your first we have, year really, yeah you? yeah it's been fantastic yeah, and it's perfect for that and yeah people want to come here yeah I know, like we came to that evo thing because i just the, wanted the to come, come here yeah, yeah oh, i was I like that. That. i really want to go and see this beautiful salon so oh that means so much it was so great yeah, that you guys could come perfectly
0: it was really interesting we probably spent about I would say six to seven months yeah. looking for spaces. Yeah. it wasn't something that happened overnight mm. whatsoever. It was Real patient. yeah, it, it had to be the right space and the right feel. and so we went and had a look at quite a few spaces, but they just didn't quite feel right. They just weren't what we wanted. So when we actually found this space, um, it was at the start of 2020. Mm -hmm. So I think it was maybe January or February 2020. Yeah, and um, just before COVID. Just before COVID, exactly. So (laughs) the interesting thing was we actually had... So this building is a large factory space that has been split into four different tenancies and tenancy one was available and tenancy one is down the far end and is about half the size I think of what this one is yeah and we first went and had a look at that space and fell in love with it and thought oh my gosh you know this is such a great space we didn't necessarily want to be in the city but it you know is on the fringe of the city so it doesn't feel as hustle and bustle as what inner inner city does and so we saw tenancy one and sort of thought okay this is this is getting close this could be perfect when we went to have a look at the space we walked down past this one and we're number three here and Matt was looking through the window and he said, Oh my gosh, but look at this space. Number three, number three is just, number three is it. That's what we That's need. The one. But it was leased at the time. So mm-hmm. they had just taken on a lease for a coffee shop and roast house to open up in here. So it wasn't on the cards. Number three wasn't on the cards at all. And so we went home and we just kind of kept talking about it and we started planning um, the space for number one. And we started coming down to sort of park on the street and see, you know, how the parking situation was going to be, get a feel for the area. Yeah. And we just kept walking past number three. We were talking about number one, but number three just kind of kept popping up. Yeah. And then COVID hit in mid-Feb to late-Feb. And it sort of put a bit of a hold on everything because we thought, oh my gosh, where is the world going to go here? Like, this is just scary. Madness. Mm. Um, We... Kept working on uh, developing the the salon behind the scenes, but we didn't put pen to paper with signing anything because Mm -hmm. it was just so unpredictable Mm. and the world was just so unstable at that time. And I think we got to about May last year and it was the day before we had decided that we were going to sign the lease for Tenancy 1 And we hadn't been communicating with the landlord or the real estate agent at all. We'd just kind of been working on things behind the scenes and we thought, okay, yep. Everything seems to have settled down. Let's do tenancy one. Let's go for it. And that day, that afternoon, we got an email from the um, real estate agent. And he said, hi, guys, just checking in, you know, wondering how you're going, whether you found a space or whether you're still looking for one. I just wanted to let you know that tenancy three has just become available because the lease has fallen through. And it was just one of those moments where it was such a...
1: Little tingle. Yeah, it was Mm -mm. such a
0: divine timing moment that mm-hmm. we just went oh my gosh okay this, this is, is it something. so we signed the lease I think it was the following day and everything just kind of flowed from there so it was one of those moments where you just go oh my gosh how could that have worked out in any other way like it was mm-hmm. just really meant to be it So was. yeah. a universal <laughs> moment
1: <laughs> so cool. yeah I think obviously you've already sort of touched on the fact that you wanted Etcher to be different and mm-hmm. it is very different um so I guess, can you share a little bit more about what you... I guess, are doing differently here and what you think that our industry needs right now?
0: Yeah. So, when we first started talking about, you know, opening up the space and what we were going to do with the space, we really wanted to make sure that we had some core brand values as to why we were opening up a salon. Like, we just didn't want to open up another space because, you know, you know how it is. There There are are so so many many salons in Adelaide (laughs) and they're incredible and they're amazing, but... You know, I think to... trying to find... Yeah, yeah that, just to open gap. up another salon to create yeah. more noise isn't yeah. really, you know, no, it's not what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We wanted to have something that sort of was a little different and um, had some really strong brand values to it. So our core values mm-hmm. sit with embracing individuality, mm-hmm. gender-neutral hairdressing, and then also sustainability. So pretty much I just wanted to make sure that anybody felt comfortable to walk into our salon and anybody felt comfortable that they were able to get their hair done in our space Mm. and that was a really important thing for me because I think from what you know even last year has taught us with um talking about diversity and where things may show up in your life that you're not embracing diversity as much as maybe what you think you are Mm. you know um a lot of spaces and a lot of salons where they're focusing on just specialising in one thing, maybe balayages or blondes. Or blondes
2: yeah.
0: um, when people see that, it's not showing them that they would be welcome to come into your space. Mm-hmm. So... I just wanted to make sure that with all of our marketing and with our core values and how we ran the salon that any possible person could feel comfortable walking into our space and feel like they can come in and have a safe space and not be judged not have any bias or anything against them and they could feel comfortable to be themselves really so just a real safe space Mm -hmm. um so that was that was pretty much where we sort of led um, from there with the core values and um, it just has kind of grown and blossomed from there
1: yeah and I guess with that though you have to make sure that everyone is super confident Mm -hmm. in all those areas yeah so I know like at that night that I came to the Evo you were showcasing how to cut curly Mm -hmm. hair I guess that is something that has been missing
0: yeah from absolutely
1: you know our training and our education so, what do you think we need to do to be more confident? How do you think that we can do it differently? So that because I love that idea, and I know mm. exactly what you're saying. Because traditionally, you know, you are kind of focused in your area, and someone will come in, and you'll be like, "Oh my God, you're actually dying because you you don't know how to yeah. handle their hair. You yep. don't know what Absolutely. to do." Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of stylists feel mm. that way. Do you think that that's missing from our training? Do you think like I do. what do you yeah. think we should be doing to make sure just that we can service yeah. everybody like you're saying
0: specifically with um touching on curly hair curly hair isn't actually part of the training syllabus yeah. of um what the trade schools are currently teaching at the moment so the certificate three um in hairdressing apprenticeship doesn't actually cover curly hair which is such a it's so odd it's so odd weird thing. isn't it and
1: it's And is that, that would be everywhere, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I don't really know, but I wonder if it's all around the world. It's like. Yeah. uh, So is there, I don't even know if there is, is there, um, you know, electives around it? Do we even have electives? No. We don't have anything. I think, uh, so
0: currently at trade schools at the moment, there are electives with perming or straightening straightening and chemical straightening, but. Not that's as far textures. as um, you know talking about texture sort of goes. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I think it's something that's sort of slipped through the cracks, yeah. and um, you know, it's it's a it's a really funny thing because. So much of us have movement and texture in our hair and obviously with, um, you know, electrical products, GHDs and things like that, we're pulling it out and not embracing it. Um, But there are a portion of people who do really want to embrace their curls Mm -hmm. and want to have a haircut done that embraces their curls. Mm -hmm. So I think education as well. So, you know, having senior stylists who have learnt uh, in the past and passing on that information to the younger stylists is a really important thing mm-hmm. if they're not getting taught that at trade school it needs to be taught within their the salon. salon but i think it's a bit of a blind spot that a lot of people just haven't actually realized uh, has when been there. there has been there yeah, yeah
1: i agree and it's yeah. really big now like obviously a lot of people are kind of talking about it and people are you know it is a bit more of a trend for mm-hmm. people to embrace their natural hair mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think it's so important. I think we, we really only have one stylist in our salon, Taylor, who has curly hair and, you know, is really passionate mm-hmm. about that. And everyone kind of goes to yeah, goes to her. Yeah. Like, someone will ask a, a question about curly hair and yeah. everyone's like, oh, Taylor. And mm. I almost think it's almost, I don't know, I think we can be a bit lazy mm. as well. We think, oh, you know, this is different. I can't really be bothered thinking about it or learning how to do it better. Yeah. We just need to practice.
0: I think so there was a moment a few years ago that coincided with when we started talking about opening up the salon and a a girl came into the salon that I was previously working at and she popped in on a busy Saturday with her friend and came to the front desk and was talking to one of the other stylists there and the other stylist came and grabbed me um, and said, would you mind chatting to somebody at the front desk quickly? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And I went across to the front desk and I said, you know, how can I help you? And she was a beautiful South African girl. She'd just moved across from South Africa, I think, about six months beforehand. And she had C4 textured hair, Mm -hmm. quite textured African hair. And she said to me, oh, would you feel comfortable doing my hair? Yeah. And I was sort of a bit taken aback because I thought, well, well, what do you mean? Like, yeah. you have hair on your head, so yeah. of course I would be comfortable doing your hair.
2: Yeah.
0: And I said, oh, yeah, of course, babe. You know, if I've got an appointment, let's get you in, you know what what do you mean and she said oh I've just moved across to Australia and to Adelaide about six months ago and I've had a bit of trouble finding a salon to go to because I've been to two salons and booked appointments but when I've gone in there they've said we don't do your hair type of your type of hair and I just looked at her face and I thought (sighs) how could you how could you say that to someone that we don't do your type of hair here Mm. and I know that that probably from the stylist that came out of, you know, the thought fear. process out of yeah, fear, fear that they didn't yeah. want to ruin her hair. Yeah, you definitely. know, you don't want to try and tackle something that you have no idea how to do. But I think if somebody was to say that to you, and you realise that you weren't capable of doing it, that's opening up an avenue that you need to progress and you yeah. need to learn Explore. in that area. Yeah. Um, so that really broke my heart. Mm. It was sort of a point that where I thought upsetting. I never want anybody to walk into my salon and feel like they're not welcome yeah. or they can't have their hair done yeah. here.
1: No, you don't want someone to have to ask, Yeah, Can absolutely. You handle my hair absolutely.
0: type? Because, yeah. you know, that's not embracing the person mm. as they are. That's saying that you think that they should be different and all have different mm, going hair. Going to and, a certain um, place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was uh, sort of at the same point as what we were looking and sort of starting to write, you know, things of what we wanted to do differently at the salon. It kind yeah. of coincided at that point as yeah. well. And, yeah, it was just a really... it it brought together that um strong like sort of core value for us yeah
1: I hope that we can keep yeah getting better with that yeah I totally agree and I think there are some
0: there are some incredible stylists out there who do the most incredible curly hair I think it's just being open to learning more Mm. I think a lot of us when you have been in the industry for say 10 plus years sometimes you almost put a bit of a um you know a bit of a barrier and sort of say (gasps) yep I know enough. I, know, I, yeah. can, I can get through. Yeah, I can you hold know, my own. I can. I just do what I do every day. But I don't really want to learn anything more. Yeah. Um, you're We're not looking so to resistant absolutely, to absolutely. Oh my gosh, We're absolutely. So, don't you feel it?
1: Like you'll put something. For you sure. know, you would feel it. You've done a lot of education for sure, and you can feel it as soon as someone walks in the room that absolutely. they are not there to be open to learn from no. you. They are so resistant. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just. It's. I know. We really have to. Be but I love that, that challenge, though. Yeah, you know, like break that down. <laughs> I love that challenge
0: because even if somebody can just take away one, one little thing, thing from yeah. an education you're session, right. it's just it's so invaluable. Yeah. But there are the people out there who are teaching curly hair. They're yeah. talking about curly hair. Mm. I'm on my journey to yeah. be, you know, I'm at the beginning of my curly hair journey. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough myself. Yeah. I need to learn more. I'm yeah. learning every day. Yeah. I think it's just being open to learning these things Mm. and kind of putting yourself in that position of being you know the the trainee again Mm -hmm. and needing to go back to the start yeah but I think there's something pretty amazing in that I think it's pretty incredible when you think you know you know you think you know a lot and then you you realize
1: that you've got so much yeah, yeah. but it's beautiful and how exciting. I think that's great yeah. I think
0: that's really really great it keeps you inspired it keeps you excited so yeah yeah and I think if we can do that for ourselves but also do that for those specific clients I think if you had that one person who came into the salon mm. and they said that story to you mm. and then you said absolutely babe come and take a seat I'd love how to look after you today how that would change process. their world yeah and I think that that means more mm. than anything yeah
1: I yeah. totally agree, and how they feel about salons as well. Yeah, it's for sure. Change how they feel absolutely about walking into a salon. Like how many people feel anxious and nervous mm-hmm. to walk into a salon? Mm-hmm. It's like, why? Yeah. What are we doing that makes people feel like that?
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Well, this is, I guess, a bit of my opinion of you know just from observing the industry and what's happening, and you know from my time in business. You know, I've really not noticed that. You know, there's this big movement of sole traders people going Mm. out on their own Mm -hmm. and staying on their own home salons freelancers which I think there is um there is room for everyone yeah and I know that there's different stages in everyone's careers where you know different things will work especially when you know when you start having children and all of that so I I definitely think that they they all have their place but I do I do have a little bit of concern and it's partly why I want to this podcast and, and share with other salon owners because I think it's creating this little bit of a disconnect and a shortage um, for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just really thinking about how can we inspire salon owners to run great salons mm-hmm. and how can we, I guess, really connect with the next generation and you know give them what they want so that they stay in salons. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of opportunity opportunity like obviously you know that from working in big big businesses for Mm -hmm. big brands um of what you you know got to do and how how great your training it was um so I think yeah I just wonder what your thoughts what your opinion is on that and you know what you think we can do to keep people in salons and to show show junior stylists and show the next generation that there's a lot of benefit of being a part of a team and that we do have a lot of a lot to offer um and that it can be really great yeah yeah so.
0: absolutely yeah you can definitely see in the last can you see that what do you think maybe five years or I think so the that there's been a big years. shift
1: and because of the internet is mm-hmm. one and then also I think it's because we're just not... I think we just need to lift our game. Like yeah, absolutely. Like, I think absolutely. traditionally, if absolutely. you look back at, you know, how salons were have been run and just, like, you know, the, the procedures and the policies that just haven't been upgraded for mm-hmm. such a long time, mm-hmm. you know, for example, yeah. you know, working overtime, not getting breaks, you know, it's just and that's just kind of been you know everyone sort of just blows it off like that's just our industry Mm -hmm. that's just how it is Mm -hmm. and it's like well actually no it can't be like that anymore we have to be better
0: absolutely yeah so I think
1: it's probably been over the last five years and then the internet obviously has given this opportunity for people to build their profiles Mm -hmm. and it's become a lot more I don't know I guess accessible to be able to you know be a sole trader and to build that up and then yeah. and build still build yourself opportunities still be part of community still do training mm-hmm. so I think the combination of you know maybe selling's not lifting their game and then the internet giving that opportunity it's kind of created yeah I think this shortage yeah. of people staying in bigger bigger salons I totally
0: agree yeah I totally agree you can really see that I think I think it's about culture Mm. that in salon spaces and in larger salon spaces cultures haven't been great exactly like you said um you know things haven't progressed and haven't grown with what we have developed outside of the salon or in Mm. different industries yeah exactly like you said there is a lot of things in the hairdressing industry i.e. overtime, working through breaks, Mm. those kind of things that are swept under the rug and just kind of, you know, put into the category of being a part of just what we do. Mm. And any other industry that you look at, those things are compensated with, you know, overtime hour um, rates and and time and load, different things like that. I totally agree. I think people have gotten to the point where they feel so burnt out and so unsupported Mm. that they just think well stuff it I'll just go and do it for myself and I'll do it on my own Mm -hmm. because I can at least then you know run my days and run my schedule and you know have control of my own um journey and yeah so I definitely think that that has been a massive massive um thing that our industry has seen that people don't feel like they've got the support from salon owners or big salons Mm -hmm. and I know that that was something when we opened the salon I was at that point as well where it was okay am I going to go out and do my own thing just for myself Mm. because I felt you know that I needed more and more support or were we going to open up the salon here and try and help to change the those things in the industry so you know talking about mental health I think hairstylists Uh, you know the most incredible beings like if you think about what we actually do on a daily basis we are standing in front of clients bearing our souls Mm -hmm. you know doing our craft and doing our art in front of people being judged every single section that you take every single thing that you do the client can see and they're watching you whilst holding space for clients and having you know really tough conversations Um, you know people come to the salon and joke that you know, hairdressers are like therapists, and we and it. we joke about that too. We are, but we don't get the training for that. We we yeah. have never had the training for that. You know, we chat to our clients, we take on their emotions and different things, mm-hmm. plus be on our feet for twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's, insane. It is. That's insane. It's yeah. So when you think about it like that, I think um, we're pretty incredible. It's a pretty incredible industry to be in. You know, hairdressers are absolute superheroes and so I think that having more support from your management um, and sort of owners really needs to you know we need to look at the way that we do things and how we're supporting the staff and what we're doing for them Mm -hmm. and um, you know how we're helping them get through those things Mm -hmm. because that's where the burnout starts to happen that's where these things happen and then people just go well stuff it I'm just going to go do it on my own." own and you lose that you know you lose that team culture and I think it's quite tricky because when people exactly like you said before when people do go out and do soul training and work for themselves they're most of the time not able to or not likely to take on an apprentice or an assistant so then you know there's a bit of a lack in the next generation that's coming through because Mm -hmm. they don't have the opportunities like where are they getting jobs where Mm -hmm. are people are people wanting to be yeah. hairdressers? Are you seeing people, you know, wanting to start apprenticeships? Mm. So I think there's a lot of room to move and a lot of room to grow yeah. from the salon standpoint and having big salons with with having flexibility and, you know, talking to the staff about what it is that they actually want, mm-hmm. where do they want more flexibility, where do they need more support to be able to stay in this sort of team environment? Mm. Because being a part of a team is so amazing it's so incredible you know you've always got somebody to bounce off of you've always got somebody to learn from to you can help ins- you. yeah to help you help absolutely you. Yeah. so I love being part of a team yeah. I think you know I learn something new from the girls every single day whether it's our first year apprentice whether it's one of our stylists that's been hairdressing for 17 years I learn something new every single day and if I was working by myself I wouldn't maybe be no, learning you're anything growing. you're not growing no, you're, you're so not lonely yeah it's absolutely so lonely <laughs> yeah but I think yeah. it just comes down to the the well-being of the industry yeah and like you said we do need to have a lot of change in the way that salons are run mm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely and I one of my team I said to one of my team members um I said why do you think it is that Traditionally, like, salons can be so bitchy and nasty and, um, you know, not pla- not nice places to be. And she said because everybody's overworked and mm. stressed mm-hmm. and anxious yep. and hungry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, my gosh. We uh, keep so many yeah. snacks out the back. Yeah. So many snacks. Yeah.
1: And I'm like. And yeah, it's and true. I really, and I was like, it's this true. is 100% true. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. Like, that's one of my things. And I know. I think it is hard. Like, we have to you know our teams have to sometimes just give us a break as well but I think one of my focuses has been everyone has to have a lunch break and mm-hmm. you know it's really weird to say that like people might listen who aren't in this industry and be like what do you mean but yeah. you know that's my f- one of my focuses. of like you have to have a Ab- lunch break absolutely. it has to yeah. happen it's mm-hmm. not negotiable and you know, over the eight years, there's been lots of times where that hasn't happened because it's just like, oh, we'll just fit another thing in. You know, Mm -hmm. things go wrong. Mm -hmm. But yeah, one of my things is you have to have a lunch break. And the other thing is like, if people have a special occasion it's it's always yes it's you know for a weekend yeah um, I'm not at the point yet where I can I feel like I can say that we don't have to work, work Saturdays I mm-hmm. still feel like that's an important day for us yeah absolutely. maybe in the future one day we can work Monday to Friday that's always mm. been one of my dreams but I've been doing this 15 years and mm. I'm still not there yet but um as far as like special occasions go when I think back of my apprenticeship I wasn't allowed to go to things that were really important I missed out on so much you know like festivals and weddings so one of the things for me is always letting them go to their special occasions absolutely let them go like it's not going to matter it's just a day so yeah I'm just trying to think of just those little things where we can change it so that it's better I think
0: something that um, we do get really stuck in with the hair industry is that mindset of this is how it's always been done so this is how we'll always continue to do it and I find myself getting caught in that mindset of well this is just how we do it yeah but then I have to question myself and say but why are we doing it like that yeah you know why is it that we're running it like this why is it that you know people aren't allowed to take a Saturday off yeah. exactly like you said you know in the salon here we're totally fine with people taking a Saturday off if they've got a special event on yeah. because yeah I don't want them to miss out on those things no. that's a that's a really important thing for them and obviously if somebody is coming in and asking for every Saturday off every second Saturday <laughs> off you have to sort of say okay you know maybe just pick and choose you know what's the important events and that type of thing but I do remember um, in all of the um, salons that I have worked at that you had to be able to have to take a Saturday off you had to take the whole week of you had to take the whole week whole off, off. annual leave to be able to have a Saturday off. <laughs> Which yeah. now that I'm looking at it from a management point of view and a business point of view. I would rather them only take one day off and lose one day of yeah. income yeah. than take the whole week off and lose an entire week of income. Mm.
2: Yeah, It doesn't so really make sense it's to me. I'm like
0: not sure trying why.
1: Trying to make a point. I feel yeah. like it's like trying to make a point. Yeah. It's like a power sort of play. Yeah. Like, okay, well, you're going to have to take a week of your leave so and that you can get that one special day off.
0: And it's so interesting um, having Matthew on the other side of these things looking at it because.
1: Mm different industry it's
0: a different he's, he's yeah. in a. he's come from a completely different industry and when I would say these things to him over the last you know nine years that we've been together he'd be like what <laughs> what do you mean was <laughs> nobody what? else acts like, like that yeah he's like that doesn't make sense and yeah. I'm like well I don't know it's just what we do so it's just how it is and now there are things that have popped up That we do in the salon here, and I find myself slipping into that mindset of, you know, this is what we do because it's what I grew up learning, it's what I've always known. And he will question me on those things Mm. and say, Yeah, but that's not quite right because, you know, the girls, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, For instance, sick days, Mm. you know, I remember finding it so difficult to be able to take a sick day. You know, you'd almost have to overcomplicate your symptoms, or if you weren't feeling up to it, you had to. Yeah. You know, it was such a difficult thing to be able to take a sick day. It was so scary. Whereas (laughs) with the girls here and, you know, if they are unwell, they're unwell. We trust them. We know that if they're telling us that they are not able to come to work today, whether it's for a mental health reason, whether it's for a physical reason, we trust them that Mm. they know that that they know their bodies, yeah. they know what they're capable of, yeah. and we and have to know put the what trust that in means them for
1: the salon. So yeah, then, and we trust that they're not going to, you know, do that unless yeah. it's yeah, you know, it's it's a. Of good reason yeah. to not be coming to work.
0: Whereas I remember, you know, being an apprentice and and having to call up and um, you know having to ring up sick, and you had to list every single symptom that you had, and you had What's to wrong with like, you? yeah, and it was like you were being interrogated. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, oh my god, they don't believe me that I actually am sick, mm. and I think that's such an unhealthy thing to to yeah. have. You know, like yeah. trust people if they're yeah. saying that they're not up to it today. Yeah. then they're not up to it yeah. and and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You can make it work. You can always make it work. Yeah. So yeah. I think there are things like that, you know, something as simple as that with a sole trader, that could be something that they're just so sick of is not having that trust and that... Um, Kind yeah, of, they
1: need a day yeah yeah yeah, yeah so I agree.
0: there are lots of things that I think we need to evolve and sort of change in our industry but mm-hmm. I think there are incredible salons who are starting to become aware of that mm-hmm. and they're starting to push for those things and you know I know that you guys are and um you know pipsqueak and mm-hmm. there are amazing salons especially within Adelaide who are really I agree. Evolving and creating new environments mm-hmm. that are, you know, safe for staff to come in and to yeah. just be themselves and to feel supported and yeah. I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I think it's amazing.
1: Too. Trying to change the way it looks. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. I think we better talk about education because you've got such a big background (laughs) in education. Um, So, yeah, can you share, again, is sort of with the same theme of um, running better salons. Mm -hmm. I think the education element Mm -hmm. is huge. Like That's what everybody's looking for. They're looking for education. They're looking for ongoing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in-salon support. So they want to work in salons where they're going to get more than just going to TAFE one Mm -hmm. day a week. Yeah. So how are you doing it? Because... I think this is so hard. Mm. Um, You know, like I've been eight years in business and I only feel like I still don't even... I still don't think I've got it right. I think I'm getting close. I think next year is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. But I have found this really hard to implement training um, during hours Mm -hmm. and where it's not taking more time from our team, where Mm -hmm. it's during hours um, and it's consistent. I think that's been really hard. But I feel like if we work that out, we'll be on a really good track of keeping people happy and helping the next generation. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing it and,
0: yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I think education is such a uh, – it's a crazy world um, and especially with the internet <laughs> and everything money. that we have it's at like the moment. Everybody. It it yeah. moves, It moves and it evolves so quickly yes. that you have to keep up with it. You yes. have to keep up with things because clients will bring in a TikTok that they've found or something on <laughs> Pinterest that they've found and it'll be something that you've never seen before and you think, oh, my God, how do I do that? Like, how do I – How do I do that colour? I have no idea. Trends are changing and things are moving so quickly that you have to keep up with the education Mm. to be able to keep up with those things. I remember the first time I saw somebody brought in a picture of a balayage whenever that was seven odd years ago. And I was like what the heck is that like I don't know how to do that like Deep dive. What, what is that like yeah. do I just paint it on and paste no, no. it on like how do I blend it I have no did idea Did you
1: do the old teeth the back comb oh my
0: god did the you back comb and the blocky oh blonde ends and it was just like is this right I don't know
1: yeah we had no idea what we were doing we had no idea we had
0: no idea and if you think about you know when <laughs> that was back before even um you know TikTok or um, yeah, no, Instagram was, was the a Instagram, thing yeah and that suddenly exploded and we had to teach ourselves and we had to learn but now with the internet that's sped up so much more Mm. that Things are coming in all the time and you just have to be on your toes and be learning and changing and evolving. And you've got to keep up, otherwise you'll get left behind. Yeah. So I think having um, regular education is really, really important. Yeah. With our apprentices, I do um, education in salon hours with them. So yeah. on a Wednesday morning, I'm off the floor from 10am um, till 3pm. Yeah. And with the three That's girls, we do... Um, whatever they've got coming in wherever they're up to at trade school we try and sync it up with what they're learning so that they're getting that double double sort of learning opportunity in the week yep. so um, whether it's blow dryers or whether it's um, starting to do colors or glosses balayages that type of thing so I do um, sort of one-on-one training with the three of them hands-on on on a Wednesday morning every single week. I know that that's what I had when I was an apprentice. We did Did training every Tuesday night. So, um, throughout the four years of my apprenticeship, every Tuesday we would go to the academy after work and we would Mm. do training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I remember when I was a first year Tuesdays with my day off so I had to go into the academy on my day off to do my training uh, which I did and I loved doing it but I wanted to make sure with our girls that it was in within work hours because you know they do work so hard in the salon and I want them to I don't want them to burn out. Yeah. So I think that's
1: one of the changes that needs to come in absolutely. place. Like absolutely. Like training. Yeah, I think it absolutely. has to be paid. Yep. Like obviously there's, you know, your special events. Yeah, yeah. That's different. Yeah. And that's optional or whatever. Or mm-hmm. that, you know, is just an exciting thing to be a part of. But I think in general, I think we need Within to. With hours paying training. training, Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise the mindset's just different. Yeah. Around it. For sure. Isn't it? It's for like, sure. Oh, This isn't fair. Yeah. I don't know. I know it's what we used to do. But I don't think we can do that moving forward.
0: But that's one of those things as well that, you know, you and I look at that and go, oh, we've always done it. You know, I used to do that for a year. Yeah. Like I said, when I was a first year. But just because I had that and did that doesn't mean that that's... That's you know a good thing or what needs to sort of um carry forward so yeah yeah, with the apprentices we do every week in salon um and they have a schedule that we've written out um that they have to complete 10 of each um uh, style or application or um, whether it's color or cut or whatever they have to complete 10 of each to then be competent to be able to start doing that on the floor so it's something that has been like a working thing and we're evolving it I I don't know if I'm doing it right. Yeah. You know, like no, like what you're saying. We're just know. kind of we're, we're kind of our feeling best. our way through it, mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, the the, the um, ticking off ten of each is something that's only just we've only just developed in the last two weeks because the girls communicated that they wanted a bit more of like a visual to know that where they were at yeah, and so to be fun. able to have yeah. that sort of satisfaction visual absolutely yeah. to be able yep. to tick it off. And so we're learning and growing every week. Mm -hmm. Learning and growing, changing, finding out what's working, being flexible with those type of things. Mm. With the seniors, it's a little more difficult because they do book up so far in advance that doing training within work hours can be quite tricky. And especially this year, we did have quite a few um, outside of education events, events that yeah. we were really excited about so there was going to be two Edwards and Co workshops here that we were going to be hosting yeah. I was going to be doing a tour for Evo um, teaching modern blonde techniques so yeah. doing a trip interstate to each of the states oh. over a couple of months and yeah. I was going to take one of the girls with me every time
2: yeah. none of that's none been of that al- none
0: of that's been able to happen so it's a. This year has been really hard. It's mm. been. I've kind of gotten to the point. I think it was. It was two weeks ago. We were supposed to have Jay Edwards yeah. in the salon with Kirsty yeah. Kirsty Ann, yeah. doing a workshop here, and we were really excited for that. And unfortunately, he got stuck in Melbourne with the lockdown. And it kind of that point, I sort of looked at it and gone and thought, you know, we we haven't really been able to have any of those events this year Mm. that we thought we were going to yeah so what are we going to do Mm. what are we going to do now so that's something that I need to sit down with the girls it's this week I was planning to to sort of ask them who is there within SA Mm. that we could get to um you know come and do some education with us and Mm. you know just to keep them really excited to keep them fresh because I think that is really important to to learn off of other people and to be able to um, see new things all Mm. the time so that you don't get stagnant. But it's been a tricky year. It's been – there was supposed to be so much happening, but it just hasn't – it hasn't hasn't happened. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's tough.
1: Actually, I might ask, since we're talking about it, how – how are you going with all the covid mm. stuff and how has that affected you and your mindset and like obviously we're <clears throat> so lucky here yeah so we're so lucky like we that. Are. So i just i keep <clears throat> saying that lucky like we're so because we mm. are um you know and it's really it's quite hard to watch the news at the moment I it think really it really is disheartening yeah. there's so much going on in the world and mm-hmm. ugh, it actually makes me feel sick just yeah talking and thinking about it um, and I think that even though it's not here, it's still having an impact on for us. For sure. You know, I think that constant weight of when is it com- – mm-hmm. like, you're kind of waiting. Mm-hmm. When is it coming? When is it going to be our turn? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is there, mm-hmm. whether we know it or not. Absolutely. So, is, you know, do you feel the same? Like what- yeah.
0: I think for the last year and a half, you know, everybody's been living in fight or flight mode. Mm, and yep. we've all been living through shared highly trauma. Stressed like whether you exactly like you said whether you realize it or not we have all been living in a space of you know shared trauma and this insane thing has happened that we mm. just don't know how to manage we're we're learning you know step by step and now we have vaccines and that type of thing and we'll see where that takes us but it's just been something that you just thought that you would never have to live through mm. and then to be managing a business through that and all of those types of things it's just it's a once in a lifetime event that we're all getting through at the moment Mm. and I think you can get really really bogged down with looking at the news and that type of thing because it is so disheartening it's so devastating what they're going through interstate you know with Melbourne for the last year with Sydney um, currently at the moment but um, just trying to keep your head above it just trying to you know do what we can each day to make sure that um, our staff are safe the clients are safe that type of thing if we do have to go into lockdowns knowing that it is because we're trying to get back to normal as soon as possible and and just being positive about it but you know I do know that after it being a thing that we've been dealing with for so long you just get burnt out you Mm. do get to that stage where there is not really an option to be positive anymore because you just feel so exhausted I know
1: I think the last one the seven days Mm. that we had I mean I look back at the way I behaved on these seven days and it wasn't I I just I couldn't I don't know I just didn't feel like I could be there for my team like I was the first the Mm -hmm. first time I was all over Mm -hmm. I was like we got this I got you guys Mm -hmm. like it's all good and this time I I didn't have so much of that I was a bit more like you know what I'm struggling a bit yeah. this time too. Mm-hmm. It was hard, but, you know.
0: I think as a as a boss and as an owner, though, like being honest with the yeah. team and just letting them know, yeah. you know, having that communication with them and yeah. just letting them know that you're right there with them and yeah. you're feeling it too. Mm. Like, you know, that, that builds morale and that builds connection within your team anyway yeah. if they know that you're feeling you low feel like because yeah. you're thinking about them and you're worried about them and that type mm. of thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough time, and I don't know when, I don't know when we're going to get out of it. Mm. It's it's a really tough situation. Mm. Um, people are starting to get vaccinated at the moment. Um, whether that helps, that's great. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough moment that I hope we start to sort of see the light at the end of the tunnel. But yeah, Same. it's just getting Same. through it. Getting through it. <laughs> Fingers
1: crossed. And so uh, I was going to ask about if you could share the ups and downs of the first year yeah obviously you know this has been well that's it I mean COVID. (laughs) we've just kind of spoken about it but you know first year in business
0: what a great time to open a business guys (laughs) in the middle of a world (laughs) pandemic this is crazy I look back now after after a year of being open I look back now and I'm like can I swear
1: Yes, where are we?
0: I I look back now, I'm like, what the fuck were we thinking? Like, who thought that that was a good idea? I mean, it was a good idea, but like, what the heck? In the middle of a world pandemic, opening up a business. I think it also is an interesting moment to understand that you can't pre-plan everything. You know, we talk about having like a five-year plan, a 10-year plan and Mm. and that type of thing. And then something like this comes along and you are not in control whatsoever. So having that, you know, ability to be able to assess the situation and then pivot and change and move with it and see how you could change your business model or look at things differently or, you know, have some fluidity to things Mm. that it's not always set in stone because... COVID has just kind of like obliterated all of that yeah everything that you thought was so systematic that you would do it's just yeah. kind of like no no no, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> correct so you know if yeah. there is any kind of silver lining obviously it's a it's a devastating thing for us all to go through but if there is any silver lining I think it would be that that people a lot of people are reassessing what it is in their lives that truly makes them happy, and what they truly want to do, yeah. and and kind of going for it yeah. because why not? Why not? You've got one chance, yeah. so exactly. yeah,
1: no time to waste.
0: That's <laughs> it. That's it. <laughs>
1: Um, I think that we can get to our final. I'm thinking I'm sitting we here... We could talk got, all day. I've we could just so keep cr- talking all uh, well, day. I have got so many other questions. Keep Actually, going. Keep I, going, babe. Okay, can I ask another just one? Just <laughs> throw me some curveballs.
0: Throw me some curveballs.
1: Well, I might as well, if you're happy to keep going yeah. for a little bit longer. One that just came to me, we can see that your team is super close mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you're all great friends. Mm-hmm. As, I guess, from a management perspective, like how does that go and like what boundaries do you put in place to help you be able to you know manage that Mm because it's hard when everyone's friends yeah um so yeah what how does that work for you
0: yeah it's been a really interesting thing um with growing the team so quickly from being just me at the start of when we opened up the salon in august last year to then having a team of 12 now I think it is wow it took me eight years
1: to get 12 Lauren (laughs) oh my god
0: it's insane it's insane Well done. people always ask me clients when they come in they're like how many people are here now I'm like I don't know like they multiply by the day (laughs) I don't know
1: but that's what happens when things are right just yeah everybody just comes to you the right people and I think it's I, I really
0: think it is that that you attract your tribe with your vibe Mm -hmm. you know not to sound too inspirational quotey but I do love a good inspirational quote I do love a good inspirational quote and I always really
1: like
2: them they're great yeah
0: yeah but you know what, what you put out there is what you kind of attract and get back and so we have been so lucky and so grateful that the, the team that we've been able to build all have those same core values and all understand what it is that we're doing here. Yeah, It's almost unspoken in some ways that I actually haven't even had to have the conversation with any of them about how we treat clients, you know, with respect and no judgment or bias or, you know, that we accept everyone and that we appreciate what it is that makes things different about people. They just have that within them already which Mm. is such a beautiful thing so it's a really interesting thing I don't know where they've come from they've all just (laughs) kind of appeared and it's like oh my god you're a godsend they are all such great friends which is amazing and they all just hold so much respect and so much space for each other so Mm. We haven't even had to deal with any sort of negativity or bitchiness or anything like that because, number one, I think they know that Matthew and I would not stand for it at all because that is just not the way that we running the space.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, we don't pit each other. We don't pit the team against each other. There's no kind of, you know... Competition where you're having to fight over clients or anything like that. Everybody knows that they're on their own growth and their own path and their own journey Mm -hmm. and they're only here to better themselves, not to compete with each other. So I think that's a really important thing. I know sometimes with salon spaces, with big teams, sometimes there is a little bit of competition between the stylists, um, you know, whether that's for bonuses or this or that. But taking that completely out of it, I think, is. A really positive thing because they only want to help each other. Yeah. Like they only want to see each other, you know, flourish and kind of
1: do the best. Do the
0: best. Mm. And I think just having those morals from the beginning and the team knowing that you're not going to stand for, you know, any kind of bitchiness or or anything against each other. So it's um it's been it's been something that's been really organic that mm. they are just the type of people that just wholly embrace each other and wholly embrace each other and for you. the differences that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at the team and they are all such different people but they lift each other up because of those differences. They don't take each other down because of those differences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But well done. Thank you. It's um, Yeah, I, I look back at them sometimes and I sort of, you know, take a step back and sort of look at them and just go, oh, my God, like how do we get so blessed? Was a big how do we, to you though as how do well? we, like, yeah. where did they come from? How do yeah. we get so blessed? Because that's a big
1: credit to you, though, and how, like, your mindset mm. and how you're running things. That's, yeah. That's why you have that.
0: And I think having communication um, with them a lot as well, the girls know that um, there's always an open. Yeah, open, open door, door. policy, um, yeah. even though we don't have a, Matthew and I don't have an office, we don't have a door, we just work on the um, <laughs> table out the back yeah. there, so they're always in our face, they're always like, what's going on? What's happening now? <laughs> um, they want communication. Mm. I think that is the biggest thing that I have learnt, and you know, they've even brought it up to me at different points in time that they would like more communication just to know. Where the salon's going, mm. what Matt and I are planning, you know, what's happening with this, what's happening with that. Also, feedback from them that if something's not running as well as it could in the salon, yeah, their feedback what are is, their suggestions? yeah, absolutely, yeah. their feedback yeah. is invaluable. Like yeah. we listen to that. Well, we try our best to listen to them and understand where they're coming from, instead of just, you know, shutting things down and sort of saying, you know, your opinion doesn't matter. Because they are the salon, Mm. you know. There's uh, 11 of them. There's only two of Matt and I. So, you know, they are the most important beings in the salon. So their opinion does really matter. And if there's anything that we can do to make their lives easier or make it better for them to come to work, of course I want to do that. Of Mm. course I want to support them and, and yeah, just help them have like a really happy space to come to every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And who's doing a back-end... Of your
0: business. So that is all, that's all Matthew. Matthew? He's yeah. the, he's the numbers, the number crunching guy behind the scenes. <laughs> um, he does all of our invoicing, all of our, gosh, so you pays, kind of you're, everything. So you're
1: doing this as a team? Yeah. Like you, yeah. So Matthew is not doing anything else? He is doing, like, yeah. He's doing, like, so he's doing this? so he's here full time. Yeah, that's so good. He does
0: all the salon coordinating, yeah. bookings, um, all of the bookings, bookings? all yeah. of the emails. yeah. yeah invoicing ordering everything but the hair that's great so you're then free yeah that's it that's it we really have like a and we always have um you know we've been together for nearly 10 years now and we are a true like yin and yang yeah we we are complete opposites um and so he's very analytical very um numbers based you know does, does all the the spreadsheets and this and that to know like where the P&Ls are and that type of thing and I just say to him give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down just let me know (laughs)
2: like I don't need to see I don't need to see the spreadsheets
0: (laughs) I don't understand it just give me a yay or a nay I'm
1: a bit Um, like that I'm like don't give me the story just give me the
0: yeah. Fact. <laughs> yeah that's it so we are we're, we're a true team it's 50 50 sometimes uh, it makes me laugh because people email the salon or you know when people call the salon they think it's just me they think it's you know just us girls but he is he is, he, the answer? He is yeah. literally like one of the most integral parts of the team he we couldn't I couldn't do it without him there's mm. no way that I would it, the space wouldn't be what it is the team wouldn't be what it is yeah. without him and it's such a it's such a funny thing because he's such a balanced smooth sailing kind of guy like there are there are you know no highs or lows he just kind of gets on with it and just kind of rolls on and keeps everything really really stable so i think the girls appreciate having him here because he kind of brings everybody back to center a little bit and sort of if anybody has a moment that they're feeling very overwhelmed or you know a toner hasn't gone right or yeah. something like that which happens every day you know we yeah. all have that happen yeah. um he will be there and he'll kind of yeah I
1: think you know just just bring it back to yeah, well. yeah. Something about, yeah yeah
0: yeah he just about kind of that. brings it back to center and you know make sure that everything's so all right <laughs> so he's such a such a valuable nice. silent member of yeah. the team <laughs>
1: <laughs> so my final question for you Lauren Um, is what are you hoping to achieve in your time as a salon owner? What's your biggest, bigger purpose, your long-term vision that keeps you showing up and stops you from giving in? And I know we've kind yeah, of covered I
2: know. that in a whole. That's such, a, such a big su- question. It's such
1: a big question. It is. I, I, um, I had that. That's You know, I've only had this question for the last two. And the last one I did, I got really nervous and didn't ask my guest. So she wrote out her answer. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I need to prep people for yeah. this question because it's a big one. Yeah, it is. So, yeah,
0: go for it. I think, you know, it, it comes back to as well what it was that we wanted to achieve when we opened up the salon. And... What it comes back to for me is that I just want everybody to be celebrated for what makes them unique and what makes them individuals and um, just give people a warm inviting space that they can come into that they can just be themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean there's nothing more beautiful than seeing somebody live as their truest most authentic self whether that's staff members whether that's clients you know celebrating what it is that makes people different is just incredible like because we don't all have to be the same Mm -hmm. we don't all have to think the same look the same wear the same things like it's amazing when you can learn from people and what makes them different you can kind of you know, acknowledge that and learn from that mm. as well. So I think it's just being really open to those types of things, mm-hmm. just having a space where people are
2: fully accepted. Are fully
0: accepted. Yeah. And there's not a lot of places in the world where you can have that, you know, whether it's home with family or whether it's with your partner or different things where people are always telling you, be more like this, don't do that, mm. you know, um, change this about yourself or even what you say to yourself, mm. you know. Yeah, I know, I know for myself in particular, like I'm probably the hardest person on myself all the time, mm-hmm. whether it's um, my quality of work that I'm producing or, you know, what I'm doing. I'm always super hard on myself mm-hmm. and to have, you know, the team here that embrace me fully and I try and do that um, with them as well. It's just having that safe space where people feel comfortable to come into. So, yeah, I feel like that kind of combines life purpose and you know trying to live without judgment and not um not putting that on other people accepting them fully Mm. gosh what else is there what what was was the other part of the question
1: oh I think that was perfect and beautiful but the um what keeps you Showing up and stops you from giving. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's that. that. I think it's that.
0: Kind of like what we were saying before, um, with the curly hair education, and that one girl that we that I had come into the salon and I had that conversation with. You know, if you can help to just change one person's day, or if you can help to, um, you know, be that accepting and embracing person to, you know, let somebody know that it's okay to be their truer self Mm -hmm. and just you know watch them blossom and watch them grow I think that's what keeps me showing up every day and to give that um, to others it's it's so yeah. beautiful you know yeah. you can see it you know you can see when people were just twinkle absolutely <laughs> they're just like glowing and it's yeah. like there's nothing more beautiful than seeing somebody living like that and going about their day like yeah. that so you know that's what I hope people feel when they come into our space that's what I hope our staff feel um, and it's a constant journey it's it's knowing that you always have things that come up that you need to learn and you need to grow but Mm. I love learning I love I love learning I love growing you'll never know enough you'll never you know you'll never know everything there will always be something that you can learn every day so Mm. yeah I think it's that's where the beauty lies yeah I hope that I answered that okay. Yes,
1: that was beautiful. (laughs) Thank you so
2: much.
0: Thank you for having me on here. Thank you. Just quickly, quickly, I do want to say as well that, you know, doing this with you and, um, you know, you having this platform to be able to lift other stylists up Mm. and predominantly women as well in Mm. our industry. I noticed that with um, most of the podcast guests that you've had on have been women, which I think in our industry is something that we can work on as well it's a um it's a really funny thing when you do look at the hairdressing industry that you you see on a grassroots level our industry would be you know 95 to 97 percent women Uh, but the people who are put on platforms and celebrated generally are male male And um, I think that's something that we can really work on in our industry as well is um, celebrating each other and lifting women up to put them on positions, uh, put them on those types of positions on a platform that we can learn from them. So, Mm. you know, seeing who you've interviewed, um, they are just the most incredible, inspiring women. Mm. You are such an inspiring woman for doing this and putting (laughs) this together. So I think you know having that um community Mm. and working together on these Mm. things is only going to make the hairdressing community better so thank Thank you so much for what you're doing (laughs)
1: thank you that means a lot to me (laughs) and that is the goal
0: that That is is the goal goal for us to all work together Mm -hmm. to
1: break down those those walls and that resistance absolutely realize that we're all in this together and we can all be better and there's room for all of us i hope you enjoyed our industry discussion don't forget that you can follow us online at stylist talk Podcasts. if you'd like to speak with me directly you can find my page which is at underscore lauren mcnamee and of course all of lauren's tags will be in the description as well at lauren cooper and at Etcher salon